Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So today, October 5th, is Bodhidharma's birthday. Some, uh, for those of you who don't know Bodhidharma, although you should do, he's just like uh, the first, the 28th patriarch, and we're dating all the way back to Shakyamuni Buddha. And the first patriarch, of, <coughs> excuse me, of Zen Buddhism. Zen Buddhism. Um, he was known as kind of, you know, with his, his big red beard and irascible and grouchy. You know, kind of like, I have a lot of his, <laughs> a lot of his uh, characteristics. I don't have the red beard, but I pretty much have everything else. Like, <clears throat> this big old face, I guess, like really bad tempered. Um, that's what I got. Um, so I said he was the 28th patriarch of um, dating all the way back to Shakyamuni. Uh, it's uninterrupted. So he brought the teachings out of India into China around five, 470, no, 500, about 520. And Dogen brought the teachings from China into Japan about 700 years later. Those of you who have received Jukai, <clears throat> fill out your lineage chart, which often brings much uh, consternation to whenever you're doing it, because it's like all these little lines that have to be followed all the way through. And it's like, and everybody, including myself and Koshin, we're armed with, with whiteout because everyone makes a mistake because you're following these little intricate lines. Uh, to go all the way back to Shakyamuni, follow down through Prajnatara, who was uh, thought to be Bodhidharma's teacher, through our Chinese ancestors, it goes like this all the way down, uh, to Wu Jing, Dogen's teacher, through the Japanese ancestors, to uh, Bayon Hakujin, Taizumi's teacher, and he brought, as you know, American Zen, brought Zen from Japan to America. And so we are out of that lineage through Taizan Maizumi. And then following uh, from Taizan is Bernie Glassman, Peter Matheson, and then our teacher, Diane Friedman. So from when you fill out your Kechimiyaku, you start with, uh, as I said, Shakyamuni all the way, all the way down through to uh, Maizumi, and then you'll end up with either Koshin's name or my name, depending on who your teacher is. So it's a this unbroken line of all, all these generations going back to Shakyamuni. It's pretty impressive. Um, there's a famous story of uh, Bodhidharma when he came uh, 
when he came to China from India, he met the emperor at the time, which <coughs> Emperor Wu. And Emperor Wu had built all these great temples. Uh, he was a Buddhist himself. He built all these great temples and donated to the monks and was very proud of himself for all this work he'd done. I mean, he'd done a lot of work. And on meeting this this teacher that came from China that he'd heard about, this really strong Buddhist teacher, um, he had a meeting with him and he said to Bodhidharma, listen, you know, I built all these, I built all these monasteries, all these temples, I've given so much money to all these monks, donated so much money to them. What merit have I earned? And Bodhidharma looked at him and said, no merit whatsoever. And this really pissed off Emperor Wu because he figured, you know, all this great work that he'd done, he would, uh, that would have accumulated lots and lots and lots of good karma. So that's what he was, he was uh, spending, 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 building, 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 donating, 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 in order to build up his good karma. And Bodhidharma saw through this and saw that he wasn't, his actions were not through altruism, but by wanting something in return, wanting this good karma. And, Bodhi, and Emperor Wu said to Bodhidharma, who are you standing before me? You know, who are you to tell me, you know, after I've done all this stuff that it's worth nothing? Who are you? Bodhidharma said, I don't know. And with that, the, the emperor got really pissed. Bodhidharma just turned around and walked away. And apparently, uh, the story goes that the emperor chased, sent his, you know, his minions to look for Bodhidharma, but he never came back. And so this, I don't know who, when, when the emperor said to him, who stands before me, Bodhidharma said, I don't know. So this don't know is not the kind of like, oh, I don't know. It's the not knowing, the don't know of, in, in, it's this don't know intimacy. When we stop separating and we take off the stickers and we take off the labels and we get rid of all our ideas of who we are and what we've achieved in the world. And we're just there in the I-ness of I, if there is an I, just I'm Chodo. I'm not, you know, when I think that I'm this Chodo person, I think this, whatever it is I think I am, it's not. It's just, I don't know, in each moment, right? In each moment, I'm not the person I was a moment ago, moment by moment by moment, fresh and new. So I don't know. There's no identity as such. So this is what Bodhidharma was pointing to. This uh, is a story koan. You'll find it in the Blue Cliff Record if you're interested in koan study. It'll be in the Blue Cliff Record. Three weeks ago today, I gave a Dharma talk on the second paramita. Uh, this evening, I want to touch on the third paramita, which is kashanti, patience. Kashanti, patience. This parameter represents forbearance, the qualities of tolerance and acceptance, patience. 
Tignathan defines Kashanti as inclusiveness, by which he means the capacity not only to receive and embrace suffering, but also to transform it on our um, on our tote bags and in many places and when we first started the organ organization you would have seen something like transforming suffering into wisdom so this idea of transforming suffering into uh not hanging on to something i'll talk a little about that in a minute but it's it's not hanging on to the suffering but through patience we transform it into wisdom right Speak about that in a minute. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh goes on to say, um, by the way, do we, you all know that uh, Thich Nhat Hanh has uh, ceased from eating, uh, I think as of today or yesterday. So he probably um, will not be with us much longer. So prayers for Thich Nhat Hanh. <clears throat> Um, I'll give you the rest of his quote. He says, there is a power called Kashanti. Our capacity, and we all have it, the capacity to be happy is very precious. Someone who is able to be happy even when confronted with difficulties. How do we transform them, transform them into wisdom? So he's looking at um, uh, Kashanti, patient, as being confronted, sorry, the, the, the other side of patience is to be confronted with difficulty. And how do we confront difficulty so we, can, so we can transform it into wisdom? It's by being patient, allowing for that which is arising to be in the state of arising and to look at what can be done here rather than screaming back at it, but to allow for patience to see for instance, we're standing on line. It's not moving quickly enough. All those, yeah. I mean, right now, we can stand on the line for hours to uh, just to get uh, whatever we need at the counter in Dwayne Reed or Best Buy, because you know the way we are now with distancing and only two or three people working. So, or when we're in a traffic jam. And we're stuck in traffic. Oh, we get on the subway, you know, and we see someone not wearing their mask, right? And for me, I'll speak about me. I really lose my patience. And I'm, then I'm confronted with this difficulty of being sitting there, not being able to not being able to say anything because that's not what I want to get involved in. I don't want to uh, get involved in some kind of argument on the subway when there's no way out. Um, but I'm lo losing my patience there, right? When I can say to myself, when I'm getting into that place of really being impatient, whether it's on the line or impatient with somebody on the subway, to be able to say to myself, patience. To breathe in, to use that mindfulness practice, if you like to be patience, patience, patience. It calms me down. And I'm breathing patience in each breath. Right? I can I can transform from difficulty from the difficult situation into somewhere, somewhere, somewhat a quieter mind, less reactive. 
If any of you do ever get impatient, just try that. Breathing in, patience. Breathing out, wisdom. Breathing in, patience. Breathing out, tolerance. Patience, tolerance, patience, tolerance. Um, as I said, if any of you ever do get impatient, try that sometime, but I know you're all such good Zen Buddhist students that you probably don't get impatient, which is fully for you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> good for you, you're good students. You're sitting on your cushion as much as you should. And maybe you could take a day off here and there because you know, you're be patient and you know, you don't need this in out practice, in patience, out tolerance, in patience, out tolerance. In these strange times of COVID, so much has been put on hold. Usually in the summer, we have a Jukai ceremony up at uh, Garrison. Uh, in which those who are receiving the Jukai have this receiving the precepts in this Jukai ceremony. We have a really, really beautiful week of session which culminates in Jukai. And um, this year didn't happen. We don't know when we'll be back in garrison. Probably won't be if things get any better. Probably won't be till the summer next year, if even then, with the way things are going. We just don't know. Um, and we have to think of creative ways, right? We need to think of creative ways to make this Jukai ceremony for the five students who are waiting patiently. You know, they've finished their Rakosu. They have been, they worked really, really hard, you know, and long and just to get their Rakosu finished and then suddenly COVID. Um, so I asked Sabrina and Nancy and Elizabeth and Craig to just hang in there. Sarah, you hang in there too. I can see you. <laughs> I can see you on the screen. You know, like <laughs> I was whipping them along. Get that thing finished. Get that thing finished. Send it to me. Send it to me. Uh, the Dharma names will be coming very soon. We have to figure out how to do the, the ceremony. Um, hang in there. Three weeks ago today is also the last time we saw Michelle. Um, she was here on Zoom, a Dharma talk. And um, Michelle, for those of you who don't know, is a beloved Sangha member who died suddenly, probably on the Thursday after being here being on Zoom with us. And as a quick update, we still have had no response from her next of kin, despite several messages, and we even had a hand-delivered uh, letter to the nephew uh, last Friday, delivered it by hand, and he said, well, I'll get back to you after I've read the letter. Uh, still no word from the nephew. Um, the letter asked him to either take care of Michelle or to relinquish all responsibility to me so that her friends and our community could um, take care of Michelle. And um, unfortunately, the situation is still not resolved. 
So, Kashanti, how to be patient, to be tolerant for as long as one is able, you know, to be able to, to bear witness to this person who is behaving badly um, in the worst possible way, in the worst possible scenario. So how do I, uh, I've been working with uh, someone from a friend of the Sangha has uh, a friend of the Sangha, not someone, a friend of our Sangha, who's closely connected to our Sangha has really been helpful in executing these letters and in a lot of, in many great ways. Um, you know, I've been on, <clears throat> excuse me, with the 13th precinct who all love Michelle dearly because she lived opposite the 13th precinct and they all know her Shelly and she would take photographs and hang out with the cops in the corner. So they all know her and they know that the apartment is sealed and we can't get in there. And the uh, one detective from the precinct said, you know, Chato, I get it. I get it, but we cannot let you into the apartment. You'd break in the law, you could be arrested. And all the important paperwork is probably sitting in a drawer in a desk in her apartment. And we, have no, we can't do anything about it. Um, so the friend of the Sangha had these, these letters hand delivered and still nothing. So it's, um, it's where it's at right now. I will be on with the medical examiner again tomorrow to see if we can take the body and take care of it. So that's an update on our lovely Michelle. Um, but no matter what, we will have on her 49th day, we will celebrate the passing of her and celebrate her life, you know. Um, So difficult, such difficult times that we're living in. And um, yeah, the irony is that her death was not COVID related. You know, living in this time of this great, great pandemic uh, with what's happening in politics, with what's happening in our own city between <laughs> the governor and the mayor, you know, this back and forth, back and forth, bickering between each other, bringing so much stuff to a standstill and confusion and how do we have forbearance in that how do we tolerate what's going on in washington how do we hope or can we hold on to the hope that, um, that our patience that our suffering will turn into wisdom how do we do that how do we not create more suffering? Hmm. How long can we be patient? Day after day after day, when more and more and more is, is piled upon us through the media and through our hospitals, how do we sit in patience, sit in tolerance, this is our practice. It's not about being passive. It's not about not doing anything, but it's, it's uh, appropriate. How do we sit appropriately and take appropriate action? And this appropriate action for me can only come out of uh, 
out of that tolerance, out of that uh, for myself, out of that um, patience, and not not moving towards fighting, not moving towards aggression. You know, um, there's so many things, so many feelings and things I think I could do around Michelle's situation. You know, <laughs> I said to this friend, you know. Maybe I could call my brothers in, in London, you know, their their way is just go around and smack the shit out of him. But, you know, being a a good Buddhist, I won't do that. But you know, that the rage that kind of that kind of is is uh, invoked in me, you know, it's like I really would, you know, not don't want to be tolerant, but I have no choice. So it's patience, in breath, tolerance, out breath. <clears throat> The next time you're on the subway or the next time you're standing online or the next time you're um, in a little bit of a tiff with your spouse, your partner, your best friend, think about that in-breath patience before you turn to suffering, creating suffering, not only in yourself, but in the other. Can you breathe in? This is a time to not react. This is a time to be tolerant. How many of us can do that successfully? It takes a lot, lot of practice, a lot of practice. As I said, today is Bodhidharma's birthday. Uh, October 5th. <clears throat> Other significant events on this day, October 5th, 1947, President Harry Truman delivered the first televised presidential address from the White House. That's in stark contrast to what's coming out of the White House now on television, right? In 1989, the Dalai Lama won the Nobel Prize for shunning violence and seeking liberation for China. I seek for peace throughout the world by skillful, peaceful means, patience. I think at one time he said, if we wait, if we wait patiently long enough, we will be delivered. So just hanging in there, tolerant. Or Maybe not so tolerant, but patient. In 1962, I read this today, the Beatles released their first single, Love Me Do. Any of you who are old enough to remember the Beatles and that song, Love, Love Me Do, you know I love you. So please, Love Me Do. Yes, some of you remember that, 1962. Um, I, I think I'm forgetting someone. 5th of October, 1969. Sensei Koshin Paley Ellison was born on this day, 1969. And he was born in an elevator going up to the maternity floor. Go figure, right? What 
a thing to remember. That'll go down in the books. Koshin Peleosin born in an elevator on the way up to the maternity floor. Imagine. Perfect. So I guess his mother was, or he was not being patient. He's like, I got to get out of here. I got to get into the world and do some great stuff. I got to get into the world. Poor mother. She was like, just wait, be tolerant. And he's like, uh uh. I'm coming out right now in this elevator. <laughs> Not much has changed, let me tell you. Um, with that, may your life go well. May you find some peace in your own life and manifest it in others. Peace, tolerance, patience, in breath, and breath.